Rebels, are you ready for another edition of Rebel Parenting? It is a great day here at Rebel Headquarters, and we've got a good program for you today. Before we start, don't miss every Monday and Friday, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern. I'm on Facebook Live discussing news, culture, crazy Trump stuff, all kinds of stuff that's going on. Help you be a better parent and a better spouse. Monday and Friday, 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern. Facebook Live, facebook.com slash J Ryan Dobson. While you're here on your phone listening to the podcast, please subscribe to our newsletter. Text the word REBEL to 444-999. Put 444-999 where you'd put the phone number and then text us the word REBEL. We will sign you up. Today's broadcast is brought to you by the movie The Shack in theaters now. This is a fantastic movie addressing one of the questions most asked in culture today, which is, why do bad things happen to good people? It's a fantastic movie. There's a lot of controversy surrounding it. I want you to go see it and then tell me what you think. Stop telling me what someone else thinks about the movie who hasn't seen it. Go see it. Let me know what you think. Sign in on Monday and Friday, Facebook Live, we'll talk about it. But right now, we have Kristen Welch talking about her book, Raising Grateful Kids in an Entitled World. What a good broadcast this one is. It reminds me of a conversation I had with a mom this week. I had a mom email me, which you can do also, help at rebelparenting.org. It goes straight to me. One of her kids is going a little nutty. She called me. And we were talking about this whole entitled culture, and I was relating it to a time when Lincoln was a baby, not baby, when he was little, when he was a toddler. Um, Matchbox cars and Hot Wheels cars are 99 cents. I mean, it feels like they're free. They've got these amazing ones throughout the year, different seasons. They had this whole Halloween um, series of uh, Matchbox cars with different movie monsters from the 60s. And I was, I mean, 99 cents, I was getting them. And then we noticed it got to a point where every single time we went to the supermarket, Lincoln expected us to buy him Matchbox cars because we did it every time we went out. And we had created this entitlement. He felt entitled to Matchbox cars when we went to shopping because that's what we had always done. I had to curb that. I had to pull that back in. And we're all trying to raise kids that aren't spoiled, that aren't jerks, that are good citizens, that are good people. Kristen Welch has a great book. She's a great interview. You're going to love this broadcast. So here is Kristen Welch on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Kristen, thank you for being on Rebel Parenting today. We really appreciate it. Love your book, Raising Grateful Kids in an Entitled World. It is so needed right now, and we appreciate you joining us. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here today. Yeah, Kristen, we're just wondering, I mean, you you are definitely going against the stream here with uh, the way you're raising your children, and you are rebelling against the culture, and I just want you to jump in and share a little bit, like, how did this all start to happen in your life? Just give us some background. Sure, sure. So, I am primarily and first and foremost a wife and mom, and mm. um, I get to do a lot of other great things, but that's my first calling in life and um, just with some choices our family had made and and missions and ways that we could serve, um, it really put a magnifying glass on how we were living and and what we were um, allowing in our home and um, it just became very evident that we were dealing with entitlement and once we began to really 
call it out, it was very clear that um, we had entitled our kids and it was a struggle that um, my husband and I joined together and we were like, we're going to turn this ship around and we're going to do things differently. And um, there's one specific, really just the day that we called out entitlement. We had um, planned a really fun family day and we were heading to the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, which is a really big deal in our in our state. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, we had saved money and we, we had told our kids that we were going to get them the first pair of cowboy boots. And, um, and that was a big expense. And so, um, the whole way down, um, to the rodeo, there was just arguing and picking and just this kind of stuff that usually parents want to pull their hair out, you know, with car rides. And here you are, you've got this great gift. It's a, it's a monumental moment. It's going to be a historic day. I I have pictures of the first cowboy boots I had. I was uh, I want to say 10, right. you know, all these photos and now all your kids are doing are arguing about it. And you're like, we're not even buying you boots. You know, what you... exactly. You know, I kept telling my kids, if you don't stop, we're not going to buy the boots. And one, one of my kids in particular had just been really grumbling and complaining a lot. And we had just noted that there had, there were some heart issues there. And, uh, this person was also the instigator of the arguments in the backseat. And so, mm. um, we got to the rodeo, we went ahead and just kept saying, okay, we're, we're going to show you grace because this is what God does. Even when we mess up, he gives us what we don't deserve. And so we bought those cowboy boots and um, ended up having a really great day Mm -hmm. until the car ride home. And (laughs) the same scenario started again, just uh, complaining and nitpicking and arguing, arguing. And, and so my husband and I just, you know, I don't know really what led us to that point, probably frustration and just being very keenly aware that this is not, um, this is not the motive in our home. It's really gratitude, not grumbling. And how do we, how do we stop this? And we saw it for entitlement, just this, I expect this from you and then I can act however I want. And so I'll never forget my husband just declaring, um, you've lost those boots. And if you want to earn them back, you'll have to work for them. Mm. And so for the next two days, um, my child went out in the rain and, and pulled weeds in the yard and was paid hourly to earn the boots back. And it was totally, That's we gave the awesome. choice to our, to our child. If you want them back, this is, now you're going to earn them. And it really was a significant moment for our entire family, for everyone. My other kids watched from, you know, the window and they just knew we were serious. And hmm. really calling out entitlement that day um, was the beginning of a really long process of just trying to slowly change how we were living and really how um, how much my husband and I were actually contributing to the entitlement problem in our home. Yeah, you know, that was an interesting one. I was reading in your blog, uh, and it, what you're saying now and about it starting with you really did strike me because I'm like, oh, my kids get entitled and things are so easy and it was harder for me. Mm-hmm. And when you said that, it, it dawned on me, it really does come from me. I'm allowing them to be entitled. I was working for an organization yeah. in Washington, D.C., right out of college, and we were sharing a floor on a big building. It was a nondescript door. You know, we were not special. And then we became a bigger organization, and we built our own building, and it was gorgeous. And it was just an amazing building. We couldn't believe it. And when we moved in, uh, this catalog went around, and people were ordering all kinds of furniture for their new offices. And it got kind of out of control. And I remember our boss came in, and three or four people got fired on a Monday, And I got to tell you, everything changed. 
all of a sudden everyone was happy just to have a job, let alone new office furniture and a new building and all those. I wonder if your kids watching mm-hmm. the other one, you know, pull weeds in the rain. It was like, oh, hey, uh, things have changed around here. <laughs> we may need to shape up yeah. a little bit now. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. It's, uh, you know, our kids are going to take whatever we give them and mm. they're going to run <laughs> with it. Um so it takes really brave parenting and, and rebelling against the culture to say, yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to go that way. We want to um, stop what we're doing and be intentional. And how can we um, just stir up gratitude? And I think there are a lot of different ways to do that. Um, hard work is ways? definitely one of them. So what type of hard work? You know, I think age appropriate. I think um, just having them contribute to monthly and weekly, daily uh, the running of the home. Um, it's, if you cook every meal and clean up, you know, there will be an audience if you, if you let them, but if you invite them and, and expect them to come in and be a part of it. Um, my kids were, um, my older kids were probably around 12 and 10 when, uh, the boot situation happened. And so they were definitely old enough to Mm. know that this was a, an attitude that needed to be adjusted. But even my youngest, um, there's a seven year difference between my oldest and youngest and, um, you know, starting at an early age, five or six years old, I think kids are, um, should be given responsibilities in the home and should be, um, included in the way that we, we manage our homes. In what kind of ways? I mean, we've got uh, a four-year-old turning five and we've got a 10-year-old. So the 10-year-old, we're getting household chores. But for the four-year-old, what are some good things that help them, uh, you know... Learn hard work. Learn hard work, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, just practical, uh, unloading the dishwasher, unloading the dishwasher and mm-hmm. um, putting up the silverware. I mean, our youngest, when our other kids were washing dishes and drying them and putting up you know, a place where she couldn't reach our youngest. She was just in charge of the silverware because it was a drawer that she could reach. And so I think there are so many different ways. Um, Our kids all get a laundry basket when they turn eight years old and um, they're not expected to totally do all of their laundry at eight, but it's a process by the time they're 14 and 16, I don't do their laundry at all. And so I think it's just a, a slow teaching and, giving them responsibilities Mm. and allowing them to become a part of it. Um, By the time I went to college, I didn't know how to do laundry and I didn't know how to put gas in my car. And um, I remember being embarrassed about those things. And so that's probably one of the reasons I wanted to start earlier, but also hard work is just a huge um, component to battling entitlement. Um, My husband, when he was growing up, Every first day of summer, his dad would have a load of sand dumped into the driveway. And it was my husband's job as a teenager to get that sand into the low spots in the yard. And um, so I think hard work is, is good. We've done the same thing. We've, anytime we have mulcher sand delivered, my kids just, you know, it's gnashing and wailing. and um, They know what's they coming. They don't want to do it. But <laughs> it's okay for them to get a blister and for them to sweat and especially if we're raising young men, um, they need to know how to work hard and, mm. and I don't think it hurts them. Yeah. And so I think, uh, just in our culture, that's sadly, a, um, not a common thing. We, we don't want our kids to be uncomfortable or sure. to 
um, we don't want to require them. You know, we want to pay for things to be done. And um, when we did the sand in our driveway, it saved us several hundred dollars. And so after we were all done, it took about a week for my kids to do this. And uh, we took them out for a fun uh, meal with ice cream and, and really celebrated that mm-hmm. there was an accomplishment when mm-hmm. we were done. And we told them this saved money for our family, and now we can use that money for something else. And if we don't invite our kids into that process, they just assume that we can pay for everything, and and it really just pours fuel onto the entitlement problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, you said it's not bad for them to get a blister and things like that, but I'm sure they think it is. You know, when you, I'm sure there's parents out there that are like, oh yeah, right, I'm going to get a truckload of sand dumped in my driveway and tell my entitled spoiled brat kid that's never done a day of work in his life, go shovel some sand. I mean, you had to have gotten so much protest and pushback how did you stick to your guns? And yeah. how did you and your husband model that behavior? Because you said that you two had become entitled and you had taught your kids entitlement. So how did you join them in the conversation of, hey, mom and dad are getting rid of our entitlement too and we're having to do some things. And mm-hmm. how did you combat the pushback? Well, there was definitely pushback. And and so I try to be really clear about that in the book that this is a hard road to walk and it's not going to be easy. And our entire society is they want it instant, convenient, they want it yesterday, mm. you know, with yeah. technology and all the upgrades and we want it now. And so we're really going against so many threads in our in our culture. But consistency and just sticking to your guns is a huge part of it. I mean, we got out and shoveled dirt with them just so that we were doing it as a family and being a part of the process together. So we weren't, you know, these mean dictators from the window. We showed them how to do it and we helped them finish. And I think that was really encouraging to them. But I think kids need us to lead by example. They need to see us really portraying what we're asking them to do. Mm. And if we're not willing to get our hands dirty, Mm -hmm. if we're not willing to get a blister ourselves, then we're not really teaching them. And so it's a joint effort, and um, it's something that is done together. What you talk also about, like when we give our children too much, where we can actually possibly harm them. Can you talk a little bit more about that, Kristen? Sure, I, I do think that um, there's this expectation that we're supposed to solve all of our kids' problems. I mean, even you know, around the holidays, it, it's up to us to make everything magical and, <laughs> and perfect and look like Pinterest. And um, oh, yeah. I think that there are so many dangers to this. You know, we're, our job as parents is to prepare our children for life after they leave our home. Yep. And yeah. mm-hmm. um, if we're rushing to their aid and we're constantly fixing their problems, and we don't make them clean up their messes, and we give them things because everyone else has it, and we give in to this instant gratification culture, then we're really contributing to the problem and we're not preparing them for real life when mm-hmm. they start that first job. And it's hard, and they don't want to complete it, or um, they run into difficult situations that they don't know how to solve, and they've never failed in their entire life because we've always bawled them out we're harming them. We're not helping them. And I remember one conversation with my oldest and I always feel like I learned on, on my um, first child so much and I've had to go to her many times and just apologize because yeah. you know, we're trying to get this right. 
Totally. But in one conversation, you know, I was sitting on the edge of her bed and we were working through an issue. She looked at me and she said, Mom, I just have one question. And I said, what? She said, why are you so hard on me? Mm. And I remember just the, the question itself, you know, just really pricked my heart. And I wanted to say, well, honey, I'm not hard on you. But if we're both being honest, I am hard on my kids, not in a, um, a negative way that makes them feel bad, but in a way that expects great things from them. Mm-hmm. And I said, honey, this is why I'm hard on you. Because the world will be hard on you. Yeah. I don't know what is in your future. I don't know what heartache or hardship you're going to face, but life will bring that because that's, that's the reality. We're going, you're going to struggle with something. And if I haven't taught you tenacity and I haven't um, Mm. really shown you an example of continuing, even when you want to quit or following through on what you've committed to, um, if I've made everything easy and bailed you out, then I haven't prepared you. So I'm hard on you because life can be hard. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know that you really have that when when life is hard, when you're really struggling, that's when we go to God. And he's the one that helps us finish what we started. He's the one that helps us be who he's called us to be and to develop that character within us. And that's why I'm, I'm hard on my kids, um, because I know the world will be hard on them. And I think that's where we fail our kids so often, because we want to be their friend and we want to make life easy. Um, and, and of course, I think being flexible is one of the huge bonuses of being a parent. And there are times that just to throw my kids off and to surprise them, we do bless them and lavish and give them extra attention or give them what they want because we don't want to be hard nosed. I mean, we're not, this isn't militant parenting. It's grace based and we're showing them that that's how God treats us. But at the same time, there are expectations because we're preparing you for the real world. Definitely. I was reading that this morning and it really did hit me. I, I was reading that exact passage. I can't believe you said it because I wrote it down. You said, I am hard on my kids. I expect a lot. I require more than some parents. I am many things to my kids. I love them fiercely, forgive them readily, believe in them wholeheartedly, but I also expect a lot of them. I appreciate that. I do. And you really are going against the grain. You know, you're not snow plowing everything away from your kids and you're not sheltering them from some of the other aspects of the world. That's what I want to get into for the second half of the program. Uh, Kristen, you've become involved in an organization called uh, Mercy House Global. Laura and I believe in this. We've both done lots of mission trips and it really does open your eyes to the rest of the world because even those living in poverty in America live high above what everyone else in the world lives. And so talk a little bit about Mercy House Global. How is that uh, in your family's life and how is it affecting your family's life? Right. Well, when I alluded earlier to some of the choices we'd made that really began to magnify entitlement, um, it was through Mercy House. We founded uh, Mercy House Global in 2010. And um, so I'm a writer by profession. My husband has... um, a background in sales and um, we were just this average family who was exposed to extreme poverty in a third world country and really knew that we couldn't live our life the same, that we had been given so much not to, not to keep it all, but to share some of it. And mm-hmm. so we've been working on giving our lives away since 
um, that pivotal trip um, to Africa in 2010. And our nonprofit was um, really started from a short-term missions trip. And uh, it has turned our lives upside down. It's turned our family upside down. But it's really the catalyst to um, why we begin to see how we parent and we begin changing how we parent and how we live ourselves with um, going upstream in this culture of entitlement. And it, it really started there. How did um, it, how did it turn your life upside down? I'm just really curious. Yeah. Well, I think the number one thing, and I also think this is the antidote to entitlement is it changed our perspective. Mm. And I think perspective is a huge gift we can give ourselves and our kids. Um, we're so good in our society and this is really crosses over every line. This is not just the secular world. This is this is Christians, Christians too. Um, we're very good at comparison, and no one has to teach our kids how to compare themselves yeah. to others. I mean, from a very early age, we see someone with something we don't have, and something snaps in us, and we want it. And mm. um, you know, there have been so many different instances in my life where. I've had to talk to my kids about, well, just because other people have it, you know, doesn't mean we get it or that we need it. And I remember when I, it's easier to see it in other people's lives, especially your kids. But yeah. um, around this time of starting Mercy House, I walked into my neighbor's, my next door neighbor's house. We, we were doing yard work and she called us over and said, I want to show you um, what we've done to the inside of our house. And and uh, our houses were about the same age. Of course, the family li- that lived next door to us, they were probably 20 years older than my husband and I. All their mm-hmm. kids were grown, and they were further along in life. And they called us in to look at their—actually, they called me in to look at their house, and um, my friend showed me their new hardwood floors and their granite countertops, and it was just beautiful. Yeah. And I was so happy for them. But I walked right out of their house and into my house, opened the front door, and I said to my husband, we need hardwood floors. We need granite countertops. Yeah. And he was like, what? Where did this this come from? Totally. And I compared myself to what my neighbor had, and I wanted it. And it wasn't, I remember as soon as I said the words, it struck me that I'm doing exactly what I'm telling my kids not to do. Yeah. That I see it and I want it. And um, so we don't have to teach ourselves how to compare ourselves to other people, especially those who have more. Yeah, we don't have to teach ourselves how to be spoiled. We're innately. Exactly. Yeah. We're good at that. But what we do have to teach ourselves and our kids, and I think this is crucial, is if we're going to compare ourselves to people with more, then we also have to compare ourselves to people with less. Mm. And when we do that, that's when we have perspective. Because when we compare ourselves to someone who doesn't have clean water or who doesn't have access to food every day, or when we compare ourselves to someone who's feeding their children dirt cookies because that's all they have, it immediately makes us think of what we have. And when we compare ourselves to people with less, what we're doing is we're putting ourselves in the middle and we're realizing what we have. Mm. And that perspective is really just a fertile ground for gratitude. Um, once we began showing our kids how other people live, you know, we, it's easy in our culture just to stay in our little bubble and to think that, um, you know, how we live is how everyone else lives. And kids are all about, you know, they need to see what they need to see um, 
tangibles and they need, it's hard for them to imagine time and space and, um, and how other people live, unless we specifically show it to them. Yeah. Yeah. Have you taken your kids on mission trips? Yes, we have. Um, We've taken them all over the world. Um, We've been doing this for about seven years and, but we've also taken them down to our inner city in Houston and collected items for refugees who've been relocated to our city. And Mm. um, we have elderly neighbors that we rake leaves for. And so it's not, you don't have to get on an airplane and go across the world you know there are needs in our own cities there are needs in our neighborhoods I and mean, we've gone to the store i mean if you ask my kids one of their favorite memories of giving they won't say something some trip in africa when we went to kenya or ethiopia and helps the poor they will remind us of the day that we went to target we all bought our favorite toy and we wrapped them um, came home and wrapped them and then we drove to a single mom's house who was fostering four kids. Mm. We put the gifts on the front porch, rang the doorbell and ran to our car. And then we watched them open them from the front door. That was the week of Christmas. And that's the image that my kids there every Christmas, they ask if we can do that again, Mm. because it felt so good to give. And the perspective was, this is might be the only present that these kids get. So let's give our best. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's our job as parents to, stir up perspective to shake things up a little bit and say, this is not how the rest of the world lives. And, you know, we create this culture of comfort and safety because we're good parents and we want to raise our kids in, you know, safe places, Mm. whether or not it's right or wrong. That's what we do. And in doing that, we really end up hurting them in the long run because they don't know that this is not how everyone lives. They don't know that, you know, if you make more than, I think it's around $30,000 for a family of four in the U.S., you're in the top, you know, 90% richest people in the world. Yeah, that's right. They don't know that because they haven't been exposed to extreme poverty. And so there are so many ways that we can we can change that perspective, you know, um, sponsoring a kid in another country or um, buying fair trade you know, really connecting our kids to people who live in other countries and live differently is much easier than than we think it is. There are so many tangible things that we can do to remind our kids, hey, not everyone's going to have, you know, presents under the tree or mm-hmm. they're not going to have um, a new backpack or lunch every day. And there are things that we can do um, to stimulate that. And that is really what causes gratitude. That's awesome. And we believe gratitude's the thing that can change your life. You know, the more you focus on yeah. what you have instead of what you don't have, all of a sudden you don't need as much as you thought you did because you're grateful for what you have. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to teach kids that. And we love how you're doing that in your family. Well, gratitude really takes what we have and it makes it enough. Mm-hmm. And we sort of live in a culture where nothing is ever enough. And I think that, you know, that book or these stories aren't going to change everything. It it takes consistent, brave, hard work because we've all stood toe to toe, toe to toe with our kids when they wanted something and they demanded it. And, you know, there's 
been fear there on our part because we know we're about to have a fallout and we're about to battle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think raising kids with intention who really know they can change the world when they change one person's life, mm-hmm. you know, that's what we all want to do. We want to be a part of the solution, not part of the problem. We love it. Kristen, thank you for writing this book. Again, it is Raising Grateful Kids in an Entitled World. We'll have a link to the book. If we want to get involved in your ministry, um, how, do we get in how, how do we get involved with Mercy House Global? You can go to mercyhouseglobal.org. There are a lot of different practical ways you can get involved from sponsoring a graduate. We have two maternity homes in Nairobi, Kenya, and we also provide jobs for thousands of women in 24 other countries through fair trade. Um, product development, so it's economic development. We work really hard to provide jobs for women in poverty. So whether it's joining our Bracelet of the Month Club for $11.99 or sponsoring a graduate from our maternity home, um, there are so many practical ways for families to get involved and and just really change our perspective and, and change the world. Awesome. Thanks for being on the program today. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. God bless. I'll talk to you later. Oh my goodness, I enjoyed so much interviewing Kristen Welch with Laura. We had such a good time talking to her. And then the conversations afterward, man, if you listen to this with your spouse or if you listen to it separately, but both you and your spouse listen to it, what great conversations you can have discussing the things we talk about on the broadcast and discussing entitled kids and how to keep your kids from becoming entitled. And we thank Kristen Welch for taking time out of her schedule to be with all of us on Rebel Parenting. Before we go, don't forget to join me on Facebook Live every Monday and Friday, 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern, facebook.com slash Dobson to discuss all the current events and news and pop culture going on in your and my world. Sign up for the newsletter by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. And once again, it's the weekend. Go see The Shack. It is a fantastic movie. It'll allow you to talk to your friends, neighbors, co-workers, family members about the topic of why do bad things happen to good people. What a fantastic movie addressing this topic. Don't listen to what anybody else says about it. Go see, see it for yourself. Come back on Monday and let me know what you think. God bless. We'll see you soon.